Can you feel the brand new day? Can you feel the brand new day? Now, that is my current mood forever. Is that um, right? Yes, ma'am. How are you doing, Ashley? Girl, I'm definitely better than I was last week. I can say that I, I still feel a little bit of some election hangover, uh, for yes. sure. But, but you know, my spirit is full at the moment, and, and we've been lifted. Amen, and sister. And continue to keep those vibes going. Oh, absolutely. Um, I just have to say that, like I said, that's my current move forever, there's some things that want to keep me down, but I'm keeping my eyes on the prize. Okay. Yes. yes. <laughs> Not today, Satan. Not, Not today. Today. And with that, we're we're gonna go ahead and get started. So, hello everyone. Welcome to recapping with Delora and Ashley. Oh man, what a week it's been! And again we cannot escape the elephant in the room and that is 2020 election 2020 right yes ma'am and uh with that is our first hot topic of this week miss eva eva lagoria okay we know her as actress director producer mom wife overall boss yeah she has recently gotten political in, in uh, recent years, um, campaigning openly for the Biden-Harris ticket, um, specific, specifically speaking out to the Latina and Latino community, or Latinx, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. And... She even made an appearance at the Democratic Convention, right? Wasn't she? Exactly. She was mm -hmm. one of the MCs. Thank you. I, um, I actually had that in my notes as well. And um, so she's been interviewed on a lot of news cable shows. So not even 24 hours <laughs> after the announcement, she was interviewed by Ari Milber. And... The conversation of women of color came up and in a statement she stated that of course you saw in georgia what black women have done but latino women were the real heroines here beating men in turnout in every state and voting biden harris at an average rate close to three to one and that wasn't a surprise to us the backlash was very swift okay mm -hmm. because the black community was just over it i mean because here are some facts before we get it further into this hit them with it exit polls found that 90 percent of black women voted for the president-elect nationwide compared to Latinas collective 90, I mean, 69%. And so the reason why the backlash was so swift and so hard was because black women are tired of being stepped over to prop other people up. I mean, I'm gonna go out there to our white listeners. I don't know if you know about this, but colorism runs rampant in cultures that have melanin in, in them right 
pretty much the closer to whiteness, the better off you are, quote unquote. Um, and then the further you are, you're looked down upon. And the reason why there were such visceral reactions towards her comments was because, again, she was not the first Latina actress to say something like this. And then, you know, the history of colorism in the Latin community is, is well known. <laughs> and Black women worked so hard in this election, we couldn't even celebrate 24 hours before somebody stepped on it. It's like, you will not steal our joy today, okay? Mm, mm. I will say that the actress has come back. Well, first of all, her written statement was trash, but she made another on-air on appearance with the wonderful Joy Reid, and she said the following, in my effort to celebrate Latina turnout, I diminish the importance of the Black women's vote in this election and what I said was wrong. She said, it is a fact that African-American women showed up in record numbers and brought us to victory. They saved this country and I acknowledge the harm that my words caused. If we've learned anything from this administration is that words matter. So I take full responsibility for that mistake. So what I will say is this, Ashley, she almost lost one. And what I meant was me as a fan. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I will say with this apology, because the written one was not okay, in my mm-hmm. opinion, um, because in her written statement, I'm not going to read it verbatim, but she essentially said, I'm sorry you perceived my words that like a half ass apology that no one ever appreciates. Like one of those people who say, oh, I'm sorry if I offended you. I'm sorry if you felt some type of way exactly. about what I said. It's not my fault that you felt that way. You perceived my, my um, words in that way. So um, with this new interview with Joy Reid, again, perfect uh, imagery, right? You mm-hmm. are you are at um, the first black woman primetime cable television host show. Um, she said the and right going, things. And then going back onto the network that you exactly. had the fumble on makes sense, right? Exactly. MS, MSNBC. That, you know, she's on probation. She might not even be on probation, <laughs> but I was giving her the side eye real quick. So yeah. what are your thoughts? Like, wh- what are the lessons learned in this moment? Yeah, I mean, you said all the things. I think you Should beautifully, sh- you beautifully shut up and dribble. I mean, <laughs> no, 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 no. We definitely are not going to go with that sentiment whatsoever. Everybody, everybody has a right to speak their mind. I, I personally, when I first saw this, was just really confused because I have known Eva Longoria lately to be very active and to really be trying to make a difference um, in terms of the election. And I think a true ally. Yeah, and while it's great that she was in that moment seemingly trying to prop up, you know, uh, Latinas and, and the Latinx community, I think I think she did misspeak, and I think that it was great that she did formally actually come out and say something, because while in her thoughts, her thoughts may have been kind of misperceived, or she just didn't get them out in a way that 
did not come across because even when I like I read it a couple of times I was like I think just the fact that you immediately said it after speaking about black women and speaking about black women in Georgia those dots there's just no other way to connect those dots right and, and it's a moment where you know we 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 have Kamala that we are yes deeply deeply celebrating and as well as just the the, the victory as a whole uh, in the black community so you know, it was just an unfortunate situation for her. Um, you know, you had celebrities like Carrie Washington who came out and spoke on her behalf. She tried. Yeah. I love Carrie, but Carrie, it was like, nah, um, this this wasn't it. This wasn't, no. a, this wasn't I mean, enough. I think what it showed, though, is that, again, Eva Longoria is not somebody who has, has had a history of, of doing things that were problematic or that, you know. <laughs> That, that this hopefully was not going to be a moment she was going to get canceled. So, you know, I do appreciate the apology. I accept the apology. And I think the lessons from this, again, is that you always have to kind of be careful when you're on a public platform about, you know, as you always like to say, being immaculate with your words, right? Like yes. you have to, you know, and, and that could have been a day where she was doing multiple interviews. You have no idea, but that's not really an excuse. You have a public platform. You're a celebrity. You have to be very mindful. As she said, this, this administration has taught us nothing. It is that words absolutely matter. Words and with the platform matter. she's on, you know, it's, and it's very easy to get canceled these days. We're in cancel culture. So Eva, I am still a fan. I appreciate the <laughs> apology and I Thank will be you. able to move forward from this. Absolutely, absolutely. And it just seems completely unnecessary when Ari did an absolutely wonderful job and he just simply said women of color, right? Yeah, he teed then, it up. He teed yes, it up. He did. And um, but what was shady though was how quickly MSNBC put that clip on uh Twitter. <laughs> shady, shady. Hey, we see you, we see hey. you. They they knew what they were doing that day. They said, "Up, oh, clickbait right here. Let's go. <laughs> Got <All> a right. gym. <laughs> Let's go into our second hot topic this week. Larsa Pippen. Mm. Larsa Pippen broke her months long silence since all of the Kardashians unfollowed her on social media. There was a lot of speculation on what happened. It was so, it was done so discreetly. People didn't really notice until you, you know, verified, oh, Lars is not hanging out. She obviously wasn't at uh, Kimberly's 40th. And again, all of the sisters unfollowed her. So she did this interview with Hollywood Raw podcast and it was a very informative interview. She talked about how she felt like Kanye brainwashed the sisters in thinking that she was no good for the group anymore. She talked about how she, Kanye even had her number and would call her at all hours of the night when he needed someone to talk to and that she eventually had to block him because she couldn't handle it anymore. But the hottest tea that she poured in that interview was about Chloe's baby daddy, third trimester, <laughs> Tristan Thompson. I'm sorry. Tristan Trash Bag Thompson is what I call him. And she revealed that she 
brought him to the Kardashian clan. She mm. was seeing him and that she took him to Kim's party and not even a week. She said a week to 10 days later, <laughs> Chloe had her claws in him. Yeah. Ashley. Yeah. We, we need to discuss this. Go ahead. <laughs> On the mic, because we did already discuss this <laughs> off mic. So this is this is for the for the people. So, you know, this messiness with the Kardashians and men and friendships has just hit another low for me. Because you have yet another best friend in the circle who supposedly was potentially smashing somebody else's baby daddy before he became your baby daddy. And I'm like, listen, it's a little too much for me. It's It's a little too much for me. I don't know how y'all trust any of the friendships that y'all have. How y'all What are they based on besides them being cute? Is it, it, oh, you look like us? Well, didn't Larsa, I didn't Larsa kind of grow up with Kim to a certain extent like in their somewhere in their friendship so no because you gotta you gotta remember Larsa became you know relevant because her husband Scottie Pippen so right my idea my understanding is you know they just were in the same same circles. circles okay and you know I have to admit she has always looked like the sixth Kardashian sister (laughs) he actually looks I was going to say she looks uh, the most done up compared, but that's not true because Chloe has won that award at this moment in time. But yeah, but but Lars is also the oldest out of all of them, but she apparently mm-hmm. is messy. And so that's another thing, too. Apparently, yeah. the Kardashians been having um, their little birds. <laughs> Hunger Games reference. Um, oh, no, that's Game of Thrones, too, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was Game of Thrones. Yes, it was. Uh, but but to your point, though, again, I can't remember. So I think I was just thinking of her as being like a part of the little clique that, you know, the the Paris Hilton's all when all of them got cool. Mm, that's kind of what I was thinking. I don't know what yeah. stage in their life that was because I, I'm, you know, I follow Kardashians, but not quite that close. Yeah. So so again, I just feel like it's just another level of mess. Do I think there's probably some truth to the Kanye West aspect of it? Yeah, because, yeah. you know, Kanye is Kanye. And as we've seen, there's a lot of messiness and issues even down to the core family members, right? I mean, he was publicly feuding with Kris Jenner on Twitter. So, I mean, do I think that there's validity to that? Sure. But again, do I think that it was probably in Lars's best interest to come out and publicly talk about that? Not if you were probably ever hoping to still be in that circle. And again, if I was friends with them, I would never bring my man around. Let me just say that. Never. And that's what I was (laughs) getting to. So Kardashians, um, the team has apparently been dispersed specifically through E! Online or E! News. And I guess E! News uh, is reporting that sources close to the Kardashian clans think that Larsa is toxic and she's wanting attention. Mm-hmm. And even though Kim has a soft spot for her, you know, that that's... A, at this point because of this interview that that's less likely to happen i also want to bring up one more thing um and that is miss jordan woods mm-hmm. <laughs> because the thing Going about back to Larsa, another family friend <laughs> right uh, and and tristan so apparently <laughs> 
Jordan tweeted, make, make it make sense. And the reason why I thought that was hilarious is the fact that, honestly, Larsa was the one who was who was ringing the bell that apparently said that Jordan was the one doing something with Tristan. Mm. And it's like, she also liked this tweet that said, um, it says Jordan, uh, (laughs) wait, the, the one that I want to talk about is, Oh, so she, so she was projecting her own guilt on, onto young Jordan. Got it. And so Jordan liked that tweet and she also liked Jordan is, is like the definition of making the best out of a bad situation. (laughs) And it's like, you know, what they did, I think the thing that really makes me upset more than anything, um, and we've kind of had this conversation on the side, it's like the Kardashians love to uh, bully people they feel like they can bully, right? And so you know everybody from black china to amber rose and and then jordan woods i was so grateful that jordan woods put her ace on the table and that was the smiths okay oh, <laughs> like, yeah. and she was able that to red table talk. but you know i believe jordan at this point that it was probably just a kiss but the way that they used her for that show and ran her out of town where Larsa being the one who rang the bell was the one who brought it. It's it's too much. It's too messy, Ashley. It's It's so messy. messy. It's so messy. Yeah. And and to your point again, if you have a man, don't ever bring him over. (laughs) Kylie has done it. (laughs) Chloe's done it multiple times. Um, And Kendall. I like, I used to think Kendall was my fave, but Kendall is a silent assassin as well. Ooh, um, silent assassin. I like that. <laughs> killers. Some killers. I'm thinking about my girl, Tanache, who was so heartbroken. Oh, I forgot so about heartbroken. that. Yeah. But at least that didn't. So one thing about the Kardashians too that gets me is, again, it's, become, it's very incestuous. It's not like we're talking about people who are even acquaintances. These be your friends' friends, your crew. Like, y'all be smashing the homies. You know what I mean? Like, there's just really no, yeah. there's no honor amongst the crew. Jeez. It doesn't seem like, you know. I so. was just about to say that. Yeah. Or I could also say these hoes ain't loyal. But, you there know. There you go. And again, you know, if you want to lay up with Tristan <laughs> Trashbag, then that's what you're going to get, you know. He takes so. no responsibility for his actions. Now, I don't know. Maybe COVID opened some things up. But all the excuses he was throwing uh, when he was caught red-handed wasn't it it wasn't it at all so all right so we're gonna go ahead and go into a quick microdose we're gonna say bye 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 (laughs) i'm sorry he's a backstreet boy aj is no longer on dancing with stars oh sorry Um, there's a lot of drama going on in dwts i'm gonna get this right But we're not going to go into it. We're just going to say that we're sad to see AJ go, but there's a lot of drama in-house with Carrie Ann's uh, judging. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's drama with uh, Chriselle's professional um, partner. Mm-hmm. And, um, of course, Tyra's job is on the line every Monday. So... <laughs> when we have more time we'll probably divulge on that more and i want to do a quick 
quick speed round. Just announced today, you hear it first, the weekend will be headlining the Super Bowl this year. So I wanted yep. to get that in. Is there anything else you want to say, Ashley? No, nah, we can go ahead and move right on smooth into this recap. Yes, we are. Yeah. The recap again is uh, Emily in Paris, part deux. Um, yeah. And apparently, according to Netflix Twitter, you're supposed to pronounce Emily in a French sounding uh, voice. Or not in the French accent, I should say, and it's supposed to rhyme, so it's supposed to be like Emily in Paris. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, that's cute, Netflix, but you know, I'm, I am still an American, <laughs> and like I said last week, I don't, I didn't take French, but that's very cute though. So back to Emily in Paris, uh, part two. This week, uh, we're gonna do episodes six through ten. So just to kind of get us back into the mode of Emily and Perry, um, Emily did accept a job for a year in Paris. She was living in Chicago. Um, she's had a few bumps in the road, as Delora and I talked about, with uh, kind of getting into the mode of working in Paris with the staff. And then she also kind of found herself potentially in the little love triangle with her neighbor downstairs, Gabrielle. So Gabrielle. we left off with, with that potential hanging in the air in episode five. So Delora, last week you mentioned that you had only watched episodes one through five. You were going to save six through 10 to stay current. I Do you did. have any updated thoughts on Emily and Perry now that you've watched the whole series? Now that I've seen the whole series. And this is spoiler alert, people. Spoiler alert. Oh, so we are going to do spoiler still, alert. If you have not still watched it, we're getting back into the good stuff. Go ahead, Laura. I still love uh, the architecture. I will say I have noticed some of her clothing options. Some of them I did not enjoy at all. Like, girl, what are you doing? So I do okay. understand that. But, you know, who was consistent was Mindy, Camille, and even Sylvie was fly. So, um, Them slits. She has some slits, honey. Yes. Legs. Okay. <laughs> Legs. Um, I originally rated this show a C+. I'm, I was very close to keeping it at C+, but I upgraded it to a B-. Okay. And that's because... I was, after finishing watching the whole season, I was left with some questions. Like, I'm still interested. Like, I, I kind of want to see where the story goes, goes. from here. Okay. And, um, and I'm sure you're going to mention the show has been picked up for another yes. season. So yep. that's it's brand official. spanking news on that. And yeah, I'm, I'm ready to get started to talk about it because, you know, I, I, me and her still aren't friends by the way me, <laughs> me and Emily she still has not gotten you okay well no. yeah we can we can dive in a little deeper I loved how Netflix made that announcement by the way it's very cute where they basically had Sylvie writing a letter to Madeline her boss in the states oh, and just so kind of yeah just kind of saying like hey we're, we're gonna keep Emily a little bit longer we like her but don't tell her that we like her <laughs> Really? So just, yeah, you have to go out and check that it. out. Oh, it was I just super saw cute. The actress who played Min Mindy, um Ashley. Mindy. Uh Ashley, yes, that's her name. Uh Pop Bottles. I saw that. And so yes. I'm gonna have to look and see it because they do do a great job um rolling out, you know, 
shows that they're going to add seasons to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very cute. So let's go ahead and dive straight into episode six, which is called Ringard, aka <laughs> Basic. So just a, a little summary of this episode. So Emily is stumbling a little bit at work in this episode when an iconic designer that Savoir wants to work with, Pierre Cadeau, is offended by Emily's style, particularly this charm on her purse that she had when she went to visit. And um, it, it, he basically called her basic, as you've called her, Delora, multiple times since we've started our chats. I felt so, so validated in that statement. I'm, Pierre was right, right with you. And so <laughs> she inevitably tracks him down at the ballet of Swan Lake. And they, they bond over Gossip Girl, of all of things. Of all things. <laughs> Dan. I love the line about, can't believe we got to the end, it was Dan. Anyway, um, she also fills her time this episode, Laura, with a new love interest. So that's really, mm-hmm. that's really where I want to start in terms of our highlights of this episode. What did you think of this new and her first single and available love interest, Toma, this philosophy professor? I thought their meet cute was adorable. I I definitely wrote down hi guy at restaurant <laughs> <laughs> because he was so smooth. He had game. I get. I'll give it to him. And she fell for it real quick. Yeah. Um, I I liked him. You know, he was great one on one. It's when he started interacting with other people. And I don't. I guess we had signals of his behavior yes. when yes. he was like, I like to before i sleep with a girl look at her bookshelves like, yeah sir. so it was kind of like is he an asshole or is he you know just a little a little more sophisticated than maybe Highbrow. she's used to but yeah yes. I mean, to me it really came down to the fact that he was an asshole right and i think Absolutely. that was very much validated at the swan lake ballet and kind of the yes. way he talked to emily and even even her flicking him off he still had to say well actually that's a gesture you know what i mean like it was just yep. like even that you couldn't just let go and obviously obviously we see this causes some tension with Gabrielle and I was like is he just jealous or is does he have validity behind feeling Mm -hmm. type of way about this guy I wrote down a bit of both because I think absolutely both both, absolutely both yeah yeah so so yeah but I love the new French term uh petite moons (laughs) little deaths I wrote that down too. I said the French really call orgasms little deaths, right? I'm, like I'm that's, so here for it. I love it. I I just love Camille's description of that and why they use that phrasing. I was like, ooh, that's that's so erotic. But it anyway. is. It is. And you know, I've heard it before. And so when she said, it, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, girl. <laughs> It was just, it was just another thing, again, that's supposed to speak to kind of that embrace of sexuality in the yeah. French culture that I enjoyed yeah. it. And obviously, Emily wasted no time getting, getting going with her sexual relationship with him. So Not that was also, that was also interesting. That's something I want to talk to as we get a little bit further. But one other highlight I had from this episode was Mindy is a singer, Delora. Yeah. We find out another reason why she left China was she went on Chinese version of Idol, which they call Pop Star. She mm. ended up unfortunately choking in front of, she said, not millions, but billions of people. It's a lot of people. Billions. So what did you a think about this new, this new angle on our girl Mindy and kind of her journey? I just love, it just, it, you know, gave her so much more color. Like I, I just, again, the show could have been about Mindy and I would have been Mindy in Paris, okay? And I yes. would have been 100% there for it. Um, I loved it. And I loved how, like, 
the thing about Darren Star shows, they like to really go for the jokes. And when they made uh, <laughs> made her into a meme, I just thought that was the uh, like perfect and hilarious. I I loved having that that aspect about her revealed at that moment in time. Yeah, I thought the her singing in the park was a little cheesy, but at the same time, I I loved it. I was here for it. I was like, mm-hmm. go ahead, Mindy, do your thing, girl. You know, I agree. It, at this point, you know, I did still didn't know where we were going to go with Mindy's character. So I love that you kind of got, you know, more layers to her uh, as we went on in the series. So mm-hmm. those are the highlights I have for this episode. Do you have any others before I move on to episode seven? What do you think about him not wanting to bath after spending the night with her? <laughs> <laughs> um, I agree with Mindy. Like that was, that was, that was a little hot, but at the same time, a strange, bit. right? It was like, Very I mean... Weird. You know, when she said the thing about the PBO, the PBO, yes, I was yes. like, that's probably very valid, right? Like, uh, it, it may it may seem cute, but like, how often do you shower then, sir? Like, I need a little, I need a little bit more detail because I, I'm very much, I, I need people to be cleanly. Like, I, I can't deal with per, bad personal hygiene. So let me find out you don't shower regularly, then we have a problem, you know? Basically, basically. Yeah. yeah. Okay, you good? You want to move on to episode seven? All Mm -hmm. right, so episode seven called French Ending. Um, This episode, Emily is really excited about this American actress who was coming to town uh, for to host a Savoir client party. Um, And uh, basically, she ends up babysitting her does not go as Emily had anticipated. She ends up being quite a handful, including running off with the client's 2 million euro Euro. watch, Dolores. So uh, some of the highlights that I have for this episode um, is at this point, I had started liking Emily's style a little bit more, but that bucket hat, Delora, that bucket hat. Why? Help me understand. (laughs) Like to the point where where the American actress Brooklyn was calling her bucket hat. (laughs) Yeah. Mel, that became your nickname. At this point, I really appreciated her uh, from a career perspective, like how, you know, brilliant her her idea was to cross promote with having um, synergy. Yes. Pierre's (laughs) dress while they're promoting this watch um that was that was perfect and uh little brooklyn was ratchet as far as i was concerned girl came in hot no home training like i mean i i'm sure obviously it's uh you know playing up child stars and how they're just you know potentially awful people and Mm. you know seeking uh, to be treated like an adult in all in all things, uh, mm-hmm. but she was a little bit too much for me at all. <laughs> well, they they it's funny too because again we talk a lot about how there was potentially like a lot of stereotyping in this. Brooklyn was very much a stereotype of I for think child, what a lot of people yes. think an American actress is really going to be like. If you got to know her, kind of spoiled, entitled, um, wild because she was seemingly very wild, and yes. you know all the things. Um, I e that Instagram post that went out at the end of the episode. <laughs> yeah, but it was cute I, though. Oh, I did like that. Uh, it was cute. It was very cute. Um, but I was also validated in this episode with um, 
the whole European version of ending stories versus the American ending of I stories. I wrote that down too. You can and never how, escape life is what Luke said. Yes, <laughs> yes. And not happy endings. And, and so um, I just thought that was really funny because we've had this conversation before, especially during our conversation of normal people. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's the American side of me wanted them to be together and live happily ever after. Yeah. What actually happened is what, what, quote unquote happen in life right yes. so you know them going their separate ways and not really knowing what the future may hold right yeah they <laughs> talked about it like twice too right because it was like luke and julian talked about it for a minute at the office and then you also had sylvie who kind of talked about it after the party of like you know i yes. don't want to give 100 percent of myself to anybody i don't want them to give yes. that to me that version you have that fairy tale you have of love that's yeah. American girl. That's not reality. We don't do that. So yeah. I had that written down too, because I think, again, a great contrast in culture. Um, a couple other things I want to talk about from this episode was, speaking of Sylvie, that that St. Bart trip with Antoine. Ooh, mm. I was a little brutal. His wife yes. kind of, I feel like she she intentionally foiled it. Now, how, what were your, what were your feel like? Was that in, I was like, that was intentional, ma'am. You did not just accidentally see and then not know. So for what me, for me, I think I, I, I'm going for me when I watched it both times, I was under the assumption that she thought it was for her. I don't think she knew that trip was going to be for Sylvie again. She probably was like, you know, I have a wealthy husband. Oh my goodness. He's planning a trip for us. Mm. So the fact that. Did. I mean, for her to have permission to be his mistress, the way, I mean, I don't know. Obviously, wife gets dibs, right? First yeah. Dibs. So, because again, it's unspoken. How. It's unspoken. It's like I'm in the periphery of my mind. This is fine. But when it comes down to how I choose to handle things, always remember that I am number one. Never I forget am your place. Wife. Yes. Period. Never forget. Yeah. And I feel like there was undercurrents of that because, like, I feel like I could feel it in, like, the social exchange that they had when they first mm-hmm. got to the party. Like, I feel well, like his wife was Sylvie, giving me undercurrents of it. Even with Sylvie's uh, behavior, she's very, like, she floats and acts very nonchalant because I think, like you mentioned, that current of I'm number one and you yes. will always be number two. Yes, honey. Um, remains, twisted. you know what I mean? Don't get it twisted. So speaking of, again, love live, let's, let's move over to the my last highlight of this episode, which is Gabrielle, honey. So Gabrielle yeah. was offered an opportunity to buy the restaurant he works at, but he he does not want, he can't afford it and doesn't nope. want to hand out from, from Kami's family. Do nope. you feel like he was being stubborn in this moment? Or do you feel like he was sticking up for the fact that I want to earn everything I get? So I, I did feel conflicted on what he should do uh, because... I don't I'm very I'm very particular about money and where it comes from and Mm -hmm. I do not believe in giving large sums of money to boyfriends and girlfriends Mm -hmm. so in some ways and and that would be receiving it as well so for in some ways I agree with his position like I don't want to be owned by your family you know what I mean like if I'm going to if this relationship evolves into a marriage I want to come with my two feet you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. the things that I've made with my own hands and not you know uh, feel owned and again we don't know her parents or anything like that at this point yes exactly so we we don't know what type of people they are but again it's just so much easier to have (laughs) Thanksgiving dinner 
with family when there isn't money involved. Yeah, without that on your back of like, I owe you something or I'm indebted to you. So let's say this relationship goes sideways. Is there a payment plan that I have to get on to pay you all back? You know, because that would be a slice of change. Girl, a big one. But I will say with Kami, I do understand what it's like to be the girlfriend to encourage your boyfriend or your significant other to, you know, be a little bit more ambitious. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. spread your wings. You know, this is just a business transaction. If you, you know, got a timeline, we could get this going. We could do this now. Right. So, I, I mean, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts? Well, I was going to say my only thing with Kami's approach, right, is I guess I saw it as singularly minded because I think that mm-hmm. while you may feel that, yeah, this is a great opportunity, don't look to your family just because that's your family as his only source to potentially have financial backing. Like you should, as a person who is involved in this art gallery world and like she helped Emily in previous episodes mm-hmm. with kind of mm-hmm. the the hotelier guy, like you could possibly find some other resources to help him that he would not feel like are coming directly from your family. So to your point, I think it came absolutely from a place of love. But in that moment too, I was like, well, you know, maybe he doesn't want to take money from your family, but maybe y'all can talk about some other options because it seems like, you know, there are some great connections that she has in Paris. So, you know, I thought there was just potentially more to discuss than just to shut it down. But again, for the sake of the show, this is where we're at. And then the kind of the last thing with Gabrielle and, and Emily is, Yet again, in this episode, they bond and they kiss Delora. And this is now with Emily being friends with Kami and knowing what's happening, right? Gabrielle came to this party. Um, She was relying on him to kind of help her with some of the awkward situations she found herself in. And then at that party, uh, when they kind of went off to go find Brooklyn, they kissed again. Now, I told you before, I kind of felt some type of way when she became friends with Kami about trying to continue to pursue anything with Gabrielle. Mm Mm-hmm. I was upset. Yeah. I didn't feel like this was right. What did yeah. you think? What did you think? So I wrote this in my notes. For Emily to be so basic, she sure is messy. Mm. I just do not understand wh- how she... I, I don't get her angle. Like, you know what I mean? Because again, mm-hmm. I think this is why Emily and I could not be friends is because... I don't know where you're coming from. Like, are you, are, 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 is there thought? Like, I, I don't understand. Like. She's, she's so contradictory in certain regards too. And again, I want to get into that uh, a little bit in terms of like, especially her sexuality, because in parts of this series, you'll see she will hop into bed with Toma after knowing him for an hour, but she an acts hour. so strange about Brooklyn needing to masturbate after a long flight like you choose your moments to be sexually open or to be kind of prudish and I'm I'm just trying to get a gauge for where we're falling like why is it that when it comes to your sexuality it seems like you're a little more open with taking those risks but you're averse kind of to to other parts of people doing those things well like I don't know I found a weird contradiction I I felt that wholeheartedly because in some ways again I don't know if I fully understand Emily because I feel like towards the end of the series, I feel like there was more of a footing on where the characters stood, you know, with Sylvie and then the guys at the office and then um, even, um, you know, um, Mindy. Uh, But I just felt like, you know, what motivates her? Like you're saying, it's like 
oh, you're surprised that they're, they have an existing arrangement, but you're openly befriending a girl that you obviously have serious attractions to mm-hmm. and you're acting like, oh, nothing's wrong. She's a dear friend to mine, of mine. Like what? And I- she's, Kami is so sweet. So if you if you didn't have any other highlights, I wanted to move into episode eight. Absolutely. Where we focus, we focus I have more even to say more about on this. This, this yes. triangle. Yes. So in episode eight called Family Affair, Emily, because of the kiss with Gabrielle last episode, is actively trying to avoid, avoid him and Kami. But instead of being able to avoid them, she ends up going for the weekend, Delora, to Kami's family chateau to kind of vet and pitch their business, which is a champagne house, aka kind of a vineyard, mm-hmm. as a potential client for, for Savoir. So yet again, we see Emily being immersed in kind of this love triangle now. She's rapidly, uh, unfortunately, you know, taking some steps on her own to continue to be involved in. And it kind of leads to a place where we don't know if her and Gabrielle are going to fool around on this trip together. Yeah. We don't know. We it's don't know. Intense. Yeah, we don't know, you know, if they're going to have a conversation to kind of talk out their feelings at this point. But it seems like there's a lot of avoiding that goes on. So a part of that avoidance is uh, Emily ends up having sex with Kami's 17-year-old brother. Oh, girl. Girl. And I wrote in quotes accidentally because she was yes. thinking, Kami kind of pitches when they first get there. Well, I have this brother I want you to meet and I want you to set up with. He's she in college. She, yeah, she didn't know that Kami had two brothers. So nope. the one she encounters is a 17-year-old and the next day finds out that, that, that he's, he's only 17 years old. Thoughts? So oh, I'm going to start with uh, Timothy really quick. He didn't look 17 to be fair, right? And I think mm-hmm. that's because the way they positioned him in the show, we were fooled along with Emily, right? Exactly. Um, I will say that sex scene was absolutely awkward. <laughs> um, and then it made so much more sense yes. when you realize that he was a young man. Okay. Yes. <laughs> but the coaching, the coaching. Slow down, baby. Slow down. <laughs> My question to you is this, Ashley. Yeah. Is Kami truly this clueless? You didn't mention, and and that's because you gave the summary, but let me go into detail. On this road trip to her family chateau, she only had a two-seat car, and it was supposed to only be a girl's trip, but then, of course, Gabrielle shows up. And mm-hmm. Emily is sitting on his lap for the whole time. Yep. It's like, you don't feel this, this, this heat coming from these two the 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 stolen glances like i i cannot deal with it like i know kami is and mind you she's gorgeous in her own right and i you know you know why does a bad beach need need to worry right like (laughs) but i think it's just supposed to show that she's so oblivious and so trusting of probably both gabrielle and of emily at this point we actually don't know how long her and gabrielle have been dating they That's honestly true. never speak to that, but you get the sense that obviously they're serious. When, yes. he, com- when he comes to the family chateau, he's been there many times. They he knows know the him. family. Exactly. Yes. So I think it's just supposed to be one of those things where it's like, I have so much trust in my relationship, which is the hope, right? You hope that yeah. you have a, you feel like your relationship is so solid. You don't have to worry, but was it awkward Very for true. us as an audience? Yes. Because yes, we know yes. what's really going on. And would I let any chick sit on my man lap? No. No. I don't care who it is. And so my other question is this, 
what is Gabriel's goal? Like, you know, to keep flirting until what? And I also put men play too many games. And then Mm. at one point he did say, oh, we can be friends. What type of friends do you have? Yeah. I mean, it's so obvious. Again, when we talk about when I talked about before that there seemed to be a lot of avoidance in this. That was really more so on Emily's part because Gabrielle kept trying to get Emily to talk to him. He wanted yeah. her to go to the market with him, even yeah. though he knows that this. So to your point, what is his end goal? I don't know if he's thinking that far ahead, Delora. Not to make this a, a man, what do what are <laughs> men, what's going on in men's test type of thing, but I just don't even think he's thinking it through. I don't think he's thinking about the consequences. I think he's thinking, hey, I I like Emily and there's not you know I, I had there's nothing I can do about that might as well not fight this attraction all that hard and let's see what happens that's the if way she I've gone it. if she had gone to that grocery store on that beautiful scenic bike ride mm-hmm. they would have kissed they would have done something they would have done something and there's no denying it again so the way I, Emily getting down at this point, it may have been more than a little kiss. That's all I have to say. I at don't this know rate. And, and that's why I feel like she emerged herself into the um, closest available young man. <laughs> yes. That's why I said he was a, definitely a distraction. But speaking of that, what did you think of the reaction of his mother to the fact that she was not upset? She took Emily she said, Emily, come, come chat with me. She wanted to know how her son's sexual performance was after this potentially, you know, popping to his cherry. This may have been him getting his virginity taken. It seemed like it was. It is unclear. It is unclear, though. But yeah, the question was, was my son a good lover? I will say... I know my mama and my grandmama would not be having these conversations, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Mine either. Girl, I wouldn't even be okay with that. I mean, I I don't know. Now, that is a cultural difference that I don't know if if it's true or not, assuming that it is. I I would like to know more about it. I will say when I was in um, college... One of my favorite classes was anthropology. People do different things around this globe of ours, okay? (laughs) (laughs) You know, they have their reasons for it, okay? All I know is the way I was raised. (laughs) And she made a good point where she said, listen, I worry about my children's future. I mean, I don't think, so, so let me caveat and say the way she did it to me was not creepy. I mean, it was awkward as hell. Yes. But yes. it was not, she didn't position it in such a creepy way. It was more so just it like, wasn't like she was I need to know. Her son. <laughs> no, I just need to know, like, is he going to be a good husband for someone someday? It's kind of the way that I, mm-hmm. you know, saw her kind of rationalizing her head. Still weird. And again, we talk about the dad. When she meets the dad, he's butt naked. And yes. he seems very free flowing. I'm like, well, yes. this is kind of just a more free flowing household. <laughs> Whereas, you know, in our culture, we like, again, we talked about this before, they ingrain virginity like no other. So it's like, yeah. and then, you know. Especially for women, right? Especially, especially for, for women, women uh, you know, that level of openness is just completely un- unknown to me. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't Girl. Know. 
they, they the mom took it to another level for sure. Another one level. Last, one last uh, highlight slash insight I had for this episode was just, you know, we were just talking about Emily's motivations. One thing I love was the conversation be- between her and Timothy before they got down, where she kind of talked about another reason behind why she took the opportunity in Paris. She said when she was in Chicago in her life before, she felt like everything was laid out for her. There were no decisions to make even wrong ones. And I thought that was so valuable Mm. in terms of getting a better understanding for Emily's mindset and possibly why she does get into some of the messiness that Mm. she's getting into to this point. Cause it's like, maybe she just felt like, you know, her life had always been, she'd always kind of played it safe. So this Mm -hmm. is her opportunity to live a a La Vida Loca a little bit. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Is it say La Vie? Yeah. Say La, that's life. All right. Well, on that note, let's move on to episode nine, Delora and oh, American. You have one more one thing? One last thing. Okay, yes. hit me with Mindy it. Mindy and her friends. Definitely, oh, yes. Sorry. Definitely. I had that as a highlight. Get into <laughs> no it. No worries. Get into no it. worries. So sorry. Forgot you, Mindy. Um, my bad. Before Emily goes on uh, the family trip, <laughs> she goes, uh, she meets Mindy's friends from China Mm -hmm. and they're all wealthy and they're having a great time in Paris. And um, one particular moment at the club was they ordered a bottle of champagne and they sprayed it all over each other. Yeah. And uh, that, and Emily was like, isn't champagne expensive? She's like, oh yeah, it's not a problem. <laughs> I said, I, I wrote in my notes some crazy rich Asians-ish. <laughs> Ashley, you took the words right out of my mouth. I literally wrote, Mindy's friends are giving crazy rich Asian vibes. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And what I loved about this too was again, the insight into Mindy's life to know like Mindy thought that her friends did not know this life she was living. They didn't know At she all. was a nanny, but they yeah. really did. And yeah. then they encouraged her to get back to who she is and what she loves, which was singing. So yeah. they paid for her to perform when they yeah. went out. Like it was just a such really a impressive place. The crazy horse. That's like iconic. Is it? Yeah. See, Delora, look at you with these cultural gems, my Asian uh, friend. <laughs> okay. <laughs> One day, I'm telling you, certain things wasn't going to work out. I was like, where my passport going to be working at? I cannot <laughs> with you. Yeah, girl, as COVID continues. But but yeah, I'm so sorry. Yes. I'm glad you said that. That was my very first highlight, and I skipped over it getting into the sex Get into the sex stuff. But yeah, loved, <laughs> loved this moment with Mindy. And again, just solidifies, you know. They, they weren't as shallow as she thought they were. No. And just that she, you know, I think some of the things that probably she has feared or maybe reasons that's kept her from going back home are not, you know, as valid as she thought they were. So I'm yeah. really, you know, we talk about excitement for season two. I'm really excited to see what they're going to do with Mindy in season mm-hmm. two. Mm-hmm. But, um, but now... Let's move on to episode nine, mm-hmm. an American auction in Paris. So just a quick summary of this episode. Emily is asked to get a Pierre Cadeau dress, the designer we talked about before, for mm-hmm. a charity auction by the American Friends of the Louvre. Mm-hmm. And it's subsequently bought and destroyed, Galora, by a mm-hmm. pair of new school avant-garde designers called Grace Face. So my very first highlight for this episode is I love that damn Pierre dress. They got destroyed. Yeah, I loved it. Was it was gorgeous. Oh my goodness. So funny. I guess they kind of played into the fringe ending with that because like every typical rom-com, you know, you have things that are planned. So they had a young lady that was supposed to wear the dress mm-hmm. and she wasn't available. Oh my God, who's gonna wear it? <gasps> Emily. <laughs> 
it's a perfect fit so of course it was gorgeous and she wore it and everybody you know had the collective gas oh it was so and then for them to destroy it i laughed i I did laugh at that part because i was just like this was not how everyone imagined it at all at all (laughs) and then to see pierre's face it was just like oh but he's already temperamental to begin with so he's an artist and he's sensitive about his shit okay um so as a part of that though the reason why emily got to wear that dress is because yet again another man is falling for miss emily which is matthew cadeau who is the nephew of pierre and heir apparent to this this um fashion house so Mm -hmm. i wrote down delora does every straight man she encounters like her girl i have a whole rant at the end of this (laughs) at the end of this because i i don't i don't get it yeah i don't get it and that's me being nice (laughs) i don't get it (laughs) i mean she's been at this point approached by the guy who showed her her rental space one neighbor uh the 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 cute philosophy professor at the cafe three got rich beautifully rich matthew because when we get to the point where he picks her up in the middle of the day on a boat yes for don't forget the hot nose that's the name i gave him antoine the hot nose oh how could Bye. i possibly forget antoine um and, yeah and i mean it's just been it's just been it's a lot a, it's in timothy the the 17 year old oh, right. six men right i and forgot about little timothy that fast because he when he's not a man so i i put him <laughs> i don't get uh, it yeah. i don't get it ashley because I don't get it because that you know you know in shows you love a good triangle right mm-hmm. and so in some ways our triangle is you know Gabriel, Emily, and then um, Kami. Kami. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm just gonna spoil it just a little bit. By the end, it's like three men and her. I'm like, I, what, what is that? that's not a that's not a love triangle that's a square like i don't understand what are we doing here and i don't even what's the shapes after that because again (laughs) i'm just curious like how far are we gonna take this right i think it's one thing to i think part of it was them trying to again show the difference between the openness and sexuality between the americans and the french but at the same time every straight man literally that she encounters even luke at the office would have hit um likes her and it's just yeah. it's, it's so you know it's very very interesting to to consider as far as our show history goes but mm-hmm. we'll delve a little we can delve a little bit deeper into that another day um back to to the highlights of this episode Antoine remember he, he was supposed to take Sylvia on that trip yep he's trying to woo her back this episode so he's sending her gifts he's trying to get on the phone all this stuff girl he sent her some nipple piercings yeah as a gift to the office and yet again this is what I'm saying about Emily seeming like a prude at times she's like but no that's really for her ears right like ma'am yeah like like yes. are you are you naive or are you not like you know what I mean yes. and, and, and and that would that actually made me think about you know the sex in the city thing like is he really trying to recreate sex in the city with one person because that's doing a lot for me is right she, now you mean she's like every character she has her, yes she has her Samantha <laughs> moments then all of a sudden then all of a sudden she go all the way over to uh Charlotte and she's yeah. like oh my god how could you possibly have nip have your nipples pierced Sylvie like it's just interesting and then 
um, as a part of that, you know, we've talked about kind of the ageism dynamic, it seems like between Sylvie and, and Emily a little bit, but this also comes into play this episode because they have it in the fashion world between Pierre and the gray space designers, right? Where it's like Pierre is this old school, you know, by like, you know, kind of outdated fashion designer and gray space is the new school mm -hmm. kids who are coming mm -hmm. in and shaking it up. You know, the cool marketing ploys and everything. Yeah, the, the, they also make it about performance art and not just about the fashion itself right that was supposed to be the whole thing with destroying the dress all of that so those are my highlights any other highlights you have for episode nine uh just uh what she decides to do with the champagne so um Camille's family was is looking for a marketer because they need to pick up sales and mm -hmm. obviously they're you know niche enough for the marketing firm to pick them up as a client but before her trip, she wasn't really able to answer any of uh, her coworkers' questions of right. what are we going to do with the champagne? And so ultimately they decided, uh, or she decided to promote the champagne um, as cheap bottles of champagne for showers and celebrations and things like that. Yeah. So. Champagne, I believe they called it again. Yeah. We talked about a little bit last time about her ideas and like the, the validity of them. I think again that to this point, my favorite idea she had was the perf was the scent in the hotel. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. I really love that idea. This one, I was like, I mean, it's it's cool. I think it probably would sell, but go and ahead. I and I do have one more thing I wanted to highlight from this episode. We got a mm -hmm. chance to get a little bit more insight of our backstory for, for Emily. She mm -hmm. took the time during a midnight stroll with Matthew after the gallery yep. to tell him that um, how basic her life truly is. I'm just joking. <laughs> Well, no, because, you know, we talked about has she ever even left the country? She didn't get on her first plane so, since she was 12. You so that's know? what I was saying. Like, she, yeah. she grew up local. Her family grew up in that same neighborhood. She mm -hmm. said she wasn't um, able or not wasn't able. Her first plane ride was at the age of 12. And then her first international trip was was now. So mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm, I'm saying that partially, you know, to, you know, be mean and funny. But, you know, I mean, I, I didn't take my first international trip until, you know, I was, I was not like young traveling the world by any means, but. Oh, no, I was 30 strong. So, you <laughs> yeah. know, was I on planes before 12? Yes. But again, yeah. I, I do appreciate, you know, more and more insight that we get onto the background of these characters for sure. So if you're ready, we'll move on yes. to our last episode of season one, Cancel Couture. Cancel couture. So yes. my summary for this episode is with Pierre spiraling after this gray space debacle and initially canceling his fashion week. So this is Paris fashion week kids, his fashion week show. Emily scrambles to not only help Pierre, but also to hold on to her job. Cause we see in this episode, Sylvie fires her. Like she legit says, Emily, pack your bags. Yeah. Get out of this office. So I guess we can really we can really start there in terms of her. Do you career. think that was too much? Honestly, for me, it would depend on how much money we would be losing as a company with this particular endeavor. Because that's yeah. again, you uh, we've talked about this. We talked about this with the previous uh, first five episodes. I always I don't always know how much of Sylvie's motivation is actual work or is personal. 
So it seemed like Sylvie was warming up more to Emily over these last five episodes. But at this point, it really, for me, is going to come down to two things. How much money is Emily really going to lose the company if this does not work out? And also, ma'am, do you have the power to fire Emily? Because <laughs> Emily does not actually work Report for you. She you. works in Chicago yeah. for Madeline. So yeah. those were the two Could things I was thinking about. True, yeah. True. And but this what is, I will... Oh, I was going to say, this was something I know they mentioned was an account that was like a dream account for Sylvie. So I think that's another reason why she took this personally. But go ahead. And you got to think about it. She was asking this client to do a favor. So it wasn't necessarily a part of her business. It was an opportunity Mm -hmm. to give his uh, work exposure, but it wasn't anything like that was you know regularly scheduled you know and that's why sylvie <laughs> faulted her for it. she's like this yeah. is your fault yeah. you did this you yeah. did this even though it's for charity like we we're just trying to help out some charity mm-hmm. um but it's definitely interesting because we've seen the emphasis on emily's career and how important it is to her and how well she's doing so it did you wondered whether or not this was going to kind of unravel her period's experience clearly based on the patterns it was all going to work out in the end and it did Because, you know, Pierre found his new inspiration and he ended up having an impromptu fashion show, took over Grace Faces, you know, outside venue and, you know, really turned it up and did his thing. But it was definitely interesting just to kind of see that career journey that she had over these 10 episodes. Um, A highlight I have from this was going back to Mindy. So Mindy, after that, that job, after me and after that job, after that performance, she got offered an MC job at the club you were talking about. She did. And subsequently, she gets fired from her nanny job and has to move in with Emily. So it seems like yeah. they're building up to a season two of yeah. we're living together. That's to right. See how this goes. Right. <laughs> Would you let one of your friends move in with you after only knowing them for a short period of time, Delora? Um, you possibly. Anyone else? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. How about you? <laughs> Um, that's probably a hard no for me. And that, Mm -hmm. I say that with love. I say that from a place of like, I feel like it's in the best interest of my friendship with people to keep certain things separate, right? Like how you were saying Mm -hmm. earlier, not mixing money and and family. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's best not to cohabitate with your friends. If, and I I know me, so maybe, maybe not. It obviously if she was in a pinch, you know, she was like, hey, I just need to stay here for but a set the, period of time. I'm also thinking about it. That. They're in their early 20s, quote unquote. So I feel, like, I feel like, you know, back in the day, it literally took me turning 30 to realize, oh, no, I don't sleep on anybody's couch anymore. I, I, <laughs> I will get a hotel room and I'll see you later. Because guess what? As a grown ass woman, I need my quiet time. Yes, I need to put on my robe. Valid. I need to yes to a myself. robe. Yes <laughs> to a robe. Everybody who really cool with me, y'all know I love my robes. Yes to a robe, okay? Yeah, that's very valid. The, the validity of that, as far as age, is very valid, right? Because as you get older, you do value your peace so much more than you did when you were younger, right? Yeah, especially when coming you're younger, from like that college environment. You have 
FOMO. You want to be in the room where it happens, okay? Yeah, that's and, a good point, Delora. But as a grown person, it'd be like, oh, I'll, oh, I'll just, oh, y'all did that last night? Okay, what's time we we doing brunch? Right. <laughs> it's okay. That's valid. I am speaking with my 30-something-year-old mind. 20-something-year-old Ashley probably would have been even harsher, though, with my words, but I'll just say that, you know, <laughs> you, 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 you never know. Maybe that would have been a little more. I'm <laughs> not going to peer pressure you on whether I know, I know, I know. Again, if it was in a pinch, if there was an expiration date on it, I think we could talk. Right, but, insight. But yeah, like, girl, how long you stay her? Because okay. how much the crazy horse really pay? Exactly. And she only working so many nights, right? It's not like she, this is a full-time job. But anyway, um, I already kind of talked to the, the whole fact that Matthew kind of picks her up in the middle of the day on that boat with wine. I said, yes, please, mm-hmm. can I get me a man? Mm-hmm. And she also it. looked up his past relationships, and he likes to date high-profile women. Girl, this was a Sex in the City reference for me because you remember at the end when Carrie was dating um, the one artist uh, before yes. she got back with Big, that was kind of yes. his MO, right? Like he was yeah. well-known, renowned, had dated a lot of uh, very beautiful, high-profile women. Like that was a nod to that in my mind when I was mm-hmm, watching mm-hmm. that episode. Um Antoine's wife in this episode also approaches Emily Girl. and basically says she would approve of Girl. her being his new mistress. Miss how'd you, what? How'd you, what? How you feel about that? <laughs> how you how how we feel about that? Oh my gosh, <laughs> girl! I don't even know. I would have been like, "Ma'am, what?" Yeah, and she's like, professionally, she's like, "Yeah, whatever you want to call it, sis." What? Yes. <laughs> like, now again, you know, he's not a bad one either, but. Uh, <laughs> He's definitely a good-looking man. He is definitely a good-looking man. There's no. I don't want to be a part of this. There's no doubt about that. But yeah, I I was really shocked by that. I felt like I also was not surprised by it though, because I felt like they were setting this up since you know since the party when she Mm -hmm. tried on his perfume. Like they obviously have something going on between them too. So I would agree. And I also think that it's interesting because again, the wife is supposed to be friends with Sylvie. I think there's more history to that relationship than than we've seen. Right. That the wife is kind of fed up with whatever the dynamic is. And can we really talk about friends? Because some Marcia Pippen in this show. (laughs) Going back. I feel like, you know, some of these chicks out here be frenemies. You know what I mean? I don't do frenemies personally. I, 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 I don't do them, but there's a lot of women in relate, you know, in girlfriend relationships like that. So in some ways, you know, honestly, if we want to put his wife in the frenemy category, she absolutely mean girled uh, Sylvia out of that trip. <laughs> That's she. I'm telling she you, she knew what she was doing. Okay. She knew what she was doing. And then for Sylvie sure. knowing that she does not have any power, just mm-hmm. sulked about it. And then, I mean, yeah. obviously, the power that she has is rejecting him or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I mean, what did what actually came about it? Like they did, they did. Um, reconciled didn't they sylvie and antoine yeah um i mean i feel like we were kind of left with the impression that that is that that is still going to be around that that yeah. relationship is still going to exist it wasn't exist. as clear though yeah right? it was yeah. not yeah it was not cut as like oh no i'm done with him or vice versa or anything like that again you just get the sense that whatever the dynamic is the wife's over it 
and there's potential that she's trying to get Sylvie kind of out of the picture. So um, to wrap this episode up, Delora, let's talk about the love triangle, the the the, the main love triangle again. Well, which we is, can we talk about Gabrielle just a little bit? He's on sure. his way to Norm, Norm, Normandy. Yeah, so that was a part of it. Go ahead. Uh, mm-hmm. And he, he was having essentially his last supper. And this was also at the end of uh, the fashion show, the successful fashion show. And um, yeah, like you mentioned, this is where um, the wife gave Emily the approval. And Emily is making plans with Matthew, the nephew, Mm-hmm. to go to what is it central Tropez. yes and so, so she's mm-hmm. occupied with that and you know and saying her goodbyes to gabrielle was pretty much a a quick oh you know good luck <laughs> yeah you could say there was lingering glances so what i was kind of going to say is that at this point in the episode that you're mentioning Gabrielle has been offered the opportunity to buy a restaurant that he can't afford back in his hometown in Normandy. So he said, mm-hmm. I'm going to take this opportunity, right? So Kami and him break up. Uh, he is looking to have his last, you know, time working and providing at the restaurant, which is, you know, the last supper with Emily and Sylvie and that whole crew. Do European people not do long distance relationships? I'm just wondering. <laughs> I mean, so uh, one thing that I think about this too, about the Kami and Gabrielle situation is that there's a finality to it that was already coming, right? Mm. Like if their relationship had been seemingly in a good place, I think maybe they would have tried it or maybe, but it just felt like things were coming to a head with their mm. relationship. So mm-hmm. I feel like it was it was almost seemingly running its course already based on everything else. Gabrielle's obviously entertaining Emily. You have Kami who seems like she's getting more and more frustrated with Gabrielle, with you know him, with the rejection of finance, all that. So I think that was one of the reasons why, but to your point, we talked about this multiple times. Why doesn't anyone at least want to try? Wait, wait, right? wait, wait, wait. I just looked it up just now. It is a two-hour, 40-minute drive. That's all. I it's less like than keep, three hours. Everything keeps being two hours, right? That was the normal <laughs> people. It was like two, I was two hours from you. We couldn't see each other over the summer. That's a gold number right That's there, two a hours. weekend trip situation. Yes. Oh, yeah. my gosh. <laughs> but, but to your point, though, in those lingering glances, it felt unfinished. So what does Emily do? She comes back. She comes back for, for, for Gabrielle, and they have good sex, honey. Not, good. not just not just some sex that, oh, my God, what just happened? This was incredible type sex. And it seems like they're going to leave it there. But the series, the first season ends with Antoine saving the day. He was so impressed with Gabrielle. So impressed. That he wants what to be a financial investor. Yes. He said, chef. we cannot lose this amazing chef in Paris. So he becomes a financial backer and investor. And Gabrielle is staying put. And guess who texts Emily immediately at the end? Kami. Gabrielle said he's staying. Can we talk? Dum, dum, dum. end of season one delora give me some of your final thoughts on this first season girl as we round up our recap yes first season it was it was fine i i enjoyed it in theory again i have i'm not enjoying emily right now because i don't get her like i feel like i don't get her character and therefore i don't trust her and if mm-hmm. I don't trust her, I don't like her. And I'm like, 
you know, for that type of character, I imagine her needing to be endearing. And she has moments that that comes up. But with her decision-making, not understanding her true motives because she seems all over the place, mm-hmm. I'm like, are you out here in these streets or not? Like, like <laughs> at the end of the season, she got like three, four men. She Wait, wait, wait. This is what happens at the end of the season. She kisses Gabrielle, which escalated you know to them getting it on right. she gets permission from um Antoine's, wife. Antoine's wife and yep. then she's still supposed to be going to Santa pay with Matthew, with Matthew. Yep. so I mean how naive is she if she got these type of men on call like I don't understand there's a lot of balls in the air literally there's a lot of balls literally in the air. yeah and so I just, I feel like I don't, for her to seem so naive or surprised or sheltered, she, she's very open in that way. And, um, and I don't, again, I don't mind her being that open, but like you, like you mentioned, it's like pick a side. Like if you are going to be, um, are you, if you're going to be shady, what kind mm-hmm. mean? be intentional don't act like you're her friend because you're not her friend not at all not at all it started out on a very weak uh footing in that you already knew after you were introduced to her as his girlfriend you know yeah you had already made a little bit of a connection but you should have known then you know as we've seen in certain other shows and series you know some people if it's maybe like an ex situation and that person like in let's say insecure when Issa's trying to figure out whether or not she's going to be friends with the next one that's dating uh, mm-hmm. her her mate her ex that's one thing but this is an active relationship and i just feel like that is the thing that gets me with emily i can put aside all the other things that about the series that about emily got to me but loyalty is a big factor for me yep. and this you yep. have no loyalty right now and i know you know even with sex in the city you know we had the moment with carrie where she was having an affair with big while he was married but mm-hmm. you know this it, it never feels good to me when you put somebody in this situation where I can't actively root for this relationship because of the, the damage it's that messy. you may be causing somebody Serious else. Serious damage. And yeah. again, Kami is so sweet. She's so nice. Yeah. You know, I just don't appreciate it. Yeah. And my last thing to the point of her being apparently a man eater is I just don't understand why so many men are attracted to her. Is it because As she's an said. American? Is it because she's an American? Or maybe it's just because we're, again, we're watching through the lens of her eyes. You know, it's, it's supposed, because she's the center of attention in this show, maybe it's supposed to, again, be an alluding to French culture that, you know, maybe they hit on everybody kind of like this. Maybe they be trying a lot of people like this. We don't know. We're only seeing it through Emily's lens and Emily's eyes. But again, I'm not going to change my rating. I know you kind of improved yours to a B minus. Mine is staying a B. I really enjoyed season one with all the messiness that it entails. I look forward to season two, uh, especially seeing what we do with Miss Mindy's character and um, kind of seeing, you know, as we said with, with the criticism earlier in the series, Darren Starr is, I think, being much more intentional than people realize with the way mm-hmm. that he's evolving Emily. So I think that season two is going to be a much bigger embrace of the the trueness of probably French culture so I look forward to to peeling back some layers of this onion I will say her French 
gradually got better towards Mm -hmm. the end so that was notable i will give them credit for that again um you know b minus i i did it i i did enjoy it i did enjoy it because especially once it got messier towards the end it's like oh no what's gonna happen (laughs) and so i the questions i'm left with is you know is she gonna go on the trip Mm -hmm. um are we gonna have more time with mindy now that they're roommates Mm -hmm. uh does Kami know you know or should she tell her so these are the questions that i have action what's going to be her reaction exactly is it going to be surprising and it's like oh well we were broken up or were you eyeing my man the whole time like we do over here in detroit i was like oh wow i'm being stupid detroit what uh, I also think, you know, depending on how long they're able to keep this series going, you know, that's one thing they love to do on all the shows is the will they, won't they forever. So yeah. I don't even feel like we're going to get any resolution on this anytime soon, potentially, if there is the the possibility of this going on for multiple seasons. So mm-hmm. we'll see, girl. But but that was really the end of the recap for Emily and Paris, guys. We yes. hope that you enjoyed it. Again, give us your thoughts on what you felt about this show any any highlights you liked your rating your grades well we will take it all as we move on to our hidden gems of the week hidden gems yay so i'll go first my hidden gem i only have one this week it is so random but i had to watch this over multiple days because it is a three-hour movie oh and it is fiddler on the roof it is uh, currently on Netflix. It's a, a film from 1971. And as I mentioned, it's a Broadway musical, loved, beloved. I have this thing where I love musicals. I love, you know, the arts, obviously, pop culture and all that. But mm-hmm. I'd never seen Filler on the Roof. And I, kn- I knew that there were some cultural references in there that I, w- I wanted to know, you know, the origin the origin too right mm-hmm. and so um again three hours long very long <laughs> it has a whole intermission in the middle too so i should have counted how long that was but um right away the the opening song is like tradition tradition <laughs> tradition and I'm like, I've definitely heard that on commercials or Me like too. just various yeah. things. Uh, the second thing that was very, um, I was excited to find is uh, the song Matchmaker, Matchmaker, Make Me a Match. Oh, that's what that's from? You know, I always think of Mrs. Doubtfire when I hear that. I had yes, no yes, idea. Yes. Wow. And the biggest of them all, cultural reference for me anyway, and it's an earworm, okay? There's a song called If I Were a Rich Man. And it's like, yeah. if, I if I were a rich man. I know it's, a, who knew? That's crazy. Who knew? And if you're wondering why does that sound so familiar, you can thank the lovely Gwen Stefani for her song, If I Were a, if I were a Rich Girl. Yeah, yeah. I need to watch Fiddler on the Roof because I I am one who's like, I need to know where stuff comes from. So thank you for that. And I feel so sometimes, 
sometimes I feel so basic when I don't know where the things came from. And so I was telling Dave, uh, my husband, I was like, yo, I was singing that song in high school and I had no idea it was from like this beloved, <laughs> this right. beloved musical, right? You have like, to look in those liner notes of the music back when we <laughs> used to have the books that you got in a CD, right? Exactly. And you know, and I believe Pharrell was her main producer at the time. If, it's, if he's not, I forgive me, but I'm really impressed when producers actually have that level of depth, you know oh, what I yeah. mean? Oh, it's yeah. like, yes, sir bust out a, a a musical that's about uh the jewish community before <laughs> the revolution in russia like what like the level that, of that's what it's, um that's what the musical is about um a, a jewish families um their everyday lives and what their lives are like before i think they said before the revolution in russia so they're right outside mm-hmm. um kiev uh and um yeah so that's my hidden gem of the week well thank you for that that makes me want to watch fiddler on the roof so i'm excited (laughs) um is it too soon to talk christmas delora of course not no okay because you know it could go either way and the reason why i say that 20 that's very true i'm sure everybody's super excited about christmas at halloween (laughs) as far as i'm concerned so it's great that you say that because my hidden gem of the week my one is a tori kelly christmas is dropped on october 30th so you know hit and miss whether anybody was in the mood yet for these vibes but (laughs) You know, Tori <laughs> Kelly is an artist that I have loved and have lived for since her YouTube cover days. Mm-hmm. And I love a great Christmas album. Um, this album, Same. again, was dropped on October 30th. It's produced by the one and only Kenneth Babyface Edmonds, yes. honey. 13 yes. Wait, tracks. No remakes, Babyface. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> Babyface come all the way through. You have never let me down. Never. Um, it's 13 tracks. Um, a highlight for me on it is uh, track four, which is a joy to the world, joyful, joyful uh, mix. And it's the joyful, joyful arrangement from Sister Act 2. And I know all my Black people are like, yes. <laughs> yes, I loved it. So, and Babyface does uh, appear on one track, which is um, Let It Snow, which is track nine. Um, and then she also ended up putting Hallelujah from the same uh, soundtrack on there yes. as the last track. So it's just, Gorgeous. you know, I love Tori Kelly again. She has such a beautiful angelic voice. She and has the range. My 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 love of Christmas because I am a Christmas baby. This I definitely am gonna put some of these on my already 46 track Christmas playlist. Um, so you know, that's I just it, it got me in a great spirit, it got me in a great mood. We're entering holiday season, we're getting over the craziness of this year. Yeah. Um, I just thought it was a kind of a beautiful, a beautiful one this week for for my hidden gem. So that's my hidden gem for this week. Check it out, a Tori Kelly Christmas. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank yes. you for that. Of course. That's it, girl. We are we done for it. this week. Listen. Yes. Oh, hey, everyone listening, please subscribe to our podcast. Please leave any comments. Uh, we would love to hear from you, especially on Apple. Um, and then follow us on social media. We are on Twitter and Instagram at recapping, recapping, <laughs> sorry. You got it. Recapping podcast. Re- recapping podcast. The Detroit yes. was coming out of me when I was saying that. You, you know, hitting this, this Detroit hard, girl. You better represent. 
You better put on for your city. Okay. Yes. Again, do all the things, guys. At Recapping Podcasts. Mm-hmm. So we would love to hear from you. Yes. Well, Delora, if you can believe it, we are about to get out of here for, for the day. And it's yeah. as usual, such a pleasure. You have made my week. And Always. I'm, do you want to share what we're going to recap for next week? Or are we yes. going to keep it as a surprise? Okay. So we're going to recap 40 Euro version, which is a Netflix original. It's a movie. So feel free to watch it. And we'll be talking about it next week. Exciting, girl. Until then. Yes. Talk to you soon. Bye.